Um, so church, I'm so excited to be with you. I have a word from God for you tonight. So I know you're out there, so let's just get started. Amen. Um, I would, lately I've been hearing um, the same phrase over and over again, no matter where I go out there in the world. And that word is, what's going to be the new normal? And I, I know everyone's just anxious about this, and that's why they're asking, if, are things going to change? You know, and um, if you're a part of the church, if you're a part of the Word of Faith Church, then you have heard um, the prophetic word for this year that there's going to be great change. <laughs> there's going to be great change. And so we already know there's going to be change. And uh, one of the things God told me starting out this year is to have a no-fear year. Because when people go toward great change, sometimes the tendency is to get into fear. And that's not what the Lord wants. He has great changes in mind that are going to be great for the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. So one verse that we keep um, bringing up here at the church, or many churches all over the world, um, right now especially, is 2 Chronicles 7.14. And I'm going to unpack this verse just a little bit tonight. So if you want to turn there, 2 Chronicles 7.14. Says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen. Amen. That's good news. Um, however, the Lord starts out by saying, you know, when things come up in your land and things are going wrong, He talks to His people about it. Which means we have a lot of dominion and authority in this earth, and we know that. And um, so sometimes these problems are because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So the fir- one of the first things God says in these verses is, uh, you know, turn from your wicked ways. And he's not talking to unbelievers there. He's talking to his people there. And so, um, you know, lately we've been hearing a lot of things about we want breakthrough and we want turnaround and and God is for that and he's moving and this is a set time and an appointed time and there's great things God has in store for 2020. But one day I was, uh, as somebody was talking about this, you know, wanting turnaround, I heard God just almost whisper to me like I was a church and he said, you first. When we turn around, then that causes a turnaround. So, and that's what he's saying in this verse, turn from your wicked ways. Well, what does he mean, wicked ways, here? Well, a wicked way is any way that's not God's way. So we have to turn from ways maybe that we've been doing things that aren't exactly God's ways. And sometimes we're not doing this on purpose. We just haven't recognized it or we've been duped or we just aren't seeing right. And so we have to recognize wicked ways. Wicked ways are twisted ways. They're just not the straight path that God has for us. They're not his path. And so we have to recognize those ways. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that at the beginning of this year, pastors have been preaching on Simplify. Because during this time that we're in, we realize that we need God as our vital necessity. He is our vital necessity. And we've got to have faith in God. Our faith has to be placed in God. So it can't be placed in any other thing. If we need to turn around, then we turn around so that God can have divine intervention in our lives. And um, a few weeks ago, we heard from Eric, and he was reading from Isaiah 30, 18. And that verse says, the Lord has just been waiting on us to return to him so he could be gracious to us. Meaning sometimes the Lord just waits around until, I mean, he wants to be gracious to us. He wants to come through, you know, for us. But we haven't opened the door to him yet to do so. We haven't turned to him. And if you continue down Isaiah 30, it says, when you return to him, then you'll dwell in Zion, which how many of you have been dwelling in Zion? You've had messages on, you've had sermons on, you've had praise and worship music on at home. Yeah, that's we're returning to him. There's a huge return to God right now within the church. 
and it's great. But when you go through Isaiah 30, then it also says in verse 22, once you do this, you return to him, you will throw away your idols as an unclean thing saying, get away. Like, I don't want you anymore. And uh, what are idols? Well, idols are anything where you, it's who's your help? If that answer isn't God, then you have somebody else in the place of God. And it doesn't matter if, you know, we all take part in, you know, government assistance, medical assistance, all those kinds of things. But who is our help is God. And then he tells us what to do and where to go. So the answer to that is always God is my help. The other question is when you're saying um, what will solve all of my problems. If your what isn't God, then you have something in there taking the place of God. And you've got to get to the point where you are so done with that. You are just returning to God. He's your number one. His word is your priority. I don't want anything else what he has to say because opinions just don't matter. Only what God says matters because that's how we win in life is with the word of God. So that's where we have to get. And that's what it means by turning from wicked ways. Ways maybe where we got used to being slack. You know, years ago, and um, I hope you hear my heart on this, but years ago, there, this, this nation was, I mean, a lot more Christian, let's just say, than it is right now. And so you had people in all manner of um, businesses that were more God-focused and God-minded, including the medical field. You had doctors, you know, that were seeking God's face every day and then going to work and believing for him for answers, you know. And so we may, let's just say we went to doctors and we just took everything they said to us as gospel truth. And we did everything they said, but we may, and so then we got slack in going to God about it. And so God is saying, return to me. I need to be the one that you turn to first, you know. And then when you go and get the advice of professionals, let God still lead you because how many times have I said this from this pulpit is God says throughout the Bible, I am the Lord. And he wouldn't be saying that if we didn't need the reminder. I am the Lord. And so we have to first from Second Chronicles seven fourteen is turn from our wicked ways. And that verse also says um, to seek, pray and seek my faith. Now, I don't think it's any coincidence, again, that our pastors really put um, an emphasis on prayer this year because all of the God knew all of this was coming, and he was already preparing us for everything that was going to come. Everything he needed us to do on his behalf, we've been doing. So, church, you're doing great. But I just want to encourage you in all of these things and not take for granted our men and women of God who hear from God for us, who the words of this house that, he, that God speaks to them for us on to prepare us for the days that are ahead. But he says, seek, pray and seek my face. Pray and seek my face. Um, I've been saying, you know, this year we hear, have the prophetic word that 2020, God's going to open a new door and bring about supernatural increase as never before, which I love. Who doesn't want supernatural increase? Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> so, but I've been telling some people, um, I'm believing not only for supernatural increase, but also an increase in the supernatural. Because I know we need it. I know we need it. And our God is supernatural. His word is supernatural. His ways are supernatural. And let's tap into that. How about that? Let's start tapping into that supernatural. And I think what he's telling us in this verse, if we will pray and seek his face, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get supernatural answers. And that's what we need. We can't, you can't ever discount the God factor. 
See, God knows so much more than we know, and he's supernatural. He's not just natural. So there, there's things that he will say to do that you think sound ridiculous, like dipping in a river, river seven times or going and washing your, the, spit, the spit clay off your eyes in a pool. You know, he's going to say things like that, but it's supernatural. We can't explain it. It's supernatural. Our God is supernatural. And I wanted to read, I wanted to read this to you tonight, just an example of this. Um, that we have in American history. Um, we had a preacher in the 1700s named Jonathan Edwards. And he's one of the preachers um, that began the Great Awakening back in 1730s and 40s. And it says in, in November of 1734, Edwards began preaching a two-part sermon on our justification is by faith alone, in which he departed from the standard belief of goodness and works bring salvation. Two, we are justified only by faith in Christ and not by any manner of virtue or goodness of our own. Well, this message was, of course, being preached by other people, but the response of this message, see, the natural mind says, if you teach people that their good works aren't necessary, they won't do that anymore, and they'll just get in sin, and your natural mind might not think that's going to work. But listen to what happened. The response was unbelievable. It all seemed to be seized with a deep concern about their eternal salvation. He wasn't even teaching about their eternal salvation. He was teaching about the goodness of God and how belief in Jesus, faith in Christ alone, is what's going to justify you. And all of a sudden, all the crowds everywhere he went were seized with a deep concern about their eternal salvation. Scarcely a single person in the whole town was left unconcerned about the great things of the eternal world. As a result of this, shops and businesses closed most of the day to start attending religious meetings. The church had 300 new members that were admitted. And of course, not long after, they started calling it the awakening. So that was supernatural. That wasn't something you could have come up with in your mind. That was a message from the throne room of God that God knew would make the difference. So we have to preach and believe that our, pre that our pastors are preaching to us the word in due season, the word that we need right now. Now, I bring this preacher up because it says, um, that was in 17, around 1734. Well, in 17... Um, 37, 38, 39, the first wave of this, of this awakening began to wane and subside. But Edwards then preached another famous message, and you've probably heard about it. It's called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Totally different message. And here we go again. Now it, it says that they caught their breath, and now they started calling it the Great Awakening. After this message. And this mess, in this message, Edward, to Edward's hell was a real place, and he would continually warn his people to avoid it at all cost. He's preached fire and brimstone, but he also preached heaven and love. He wanted them to go to heaven. And it says of this message, one night it was raining, it wasn't good electricity, none of that. His delivery was monotone because he was looking at his notes. And yet cries of, all of a sudden, people in the congregation started crying and dropping to their knees in repentance. He said of this message that it was for, his heart was so toward the unrepentant sinner and the hypocrite and the self-righteous who attend church and will not bow their knee to the God who mercifully gives them the very next breath they breathe. So 
here we had a second message totally different to the same preacher that elicited the response that God needed because he was willing to preach the message God needed. And so I say this because 2 Chronicles 7.14 tells us, seek my face, pray and seek my face. The Amplified Version says of this verse, oh, let me go back to my first page. It says that if you will pray and seek and crave and require of necessity my presence, then and turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal your and forgive your sin and heal your land. So first we have to do our own turnaround, church, and I believe that's what we've been doing. I really believe that those of you that are at homes, you've been seeking God with all your heart. That's the one great thing about this quarantine is it's kind of forced us to face what's really important. Um, we don't like what it's doing to our world, so we've got to just a little bit more serious about we're, what we're about. And um, it's been so, you know, what the devil meant for bad, God will use for good. Amen? Um, as I go on on this part about seeking God's face, because he is supernatural and his word is supernatural. So we have to, both of these combined, we have to be about his ways. We can't think that we in, in and of ourselves are smart enough to climax the ages. We've got to have God as our vital necessity. We need him telling us what to do. Today, as I was thinking about this, I read Habakkuk 2 again about the vision. You know the verses about write the vision. So what it says is Habakkuk was asking questions of God. And so then all of a sudden he says, let's just turn there. Habakkuk chapter 2, let me read it to you. So he's asking questions of God, and all of a sudden he makes this statement. I will stand my watch. I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. So he was waiting to hear what God was going to say to him. And then the Lord answered me, because the Lord will always answer you. I was saying to someone again the other day, if God knows how to give detailed instructions to Noah about the ark, he can give you detailed instructions about your situation. Amen. Those were some detailed instructions, and he's not a respecter of persons. Right. So he will give you detailed instructions. So here we have the Lord, and he answered and said to me, write the vision and make it plain, that he who may run reads it. And usually we stop right there, or close to there. But he's talking about write the vision. He's talking about something I'm going to show you. And then in verse 4, he says, behold. Well, the word behold means look at this. And that just kind of caught my attention today. And in verse 4, he says, Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So I bring this up again just to say that even if we think our ways are right, even if we think we're doing the right thing, or of course anybody would do what I'm doing, my question just simply is, did you check with God? Because we, can't, it, we just can't afford to be proud. We can't afford to be proud because God wants to heal our land. And so he's telling us if we'll turn from our wicked ways and seek his face, then he'll heal the land. And so it just doesn't cost to be um, prideful. We just can't be prideful in this day. Our faith says that God is real and God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Our faith says, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by the word of God because the word of God abides forever. So those are the things. So the Bible says, have faith in God. 
So we have to be hearing from God and building on his word. Again, I think it's no coincidence that pastors had us reading the New Testament right before this hit. Why? To get us in the word. God knew we were going to need to get in the word. He knew we were going to need to know what he says. There's so many awesome scriptures on the abundant life that he wants for us. And we have to know what they are. So we can claim them. So we can say, no, no, devil, you're not tricking me in this area. I know what God said. And his word abides forever, and that's what I believe, and that's what I receive. So I don't take that other garbage. I don't believe your lies. I'm not being deceived by you. So we, ha- so we have to know what he said. So there's, no, there's um, no coincidence that pastors had put our attention on the word. If you were reading the New Testament, you were already in the midst of that when this thing hit. And so you were already creating a habit of being in the word. You were already creating a habit of going to the word and finding out what God has to say. So God was preparing us all along. He is supernatural. Don't discount the God factor. Amen? I want to say this, too, about pride. You know, the the devil will always try to divide because he'll always try to say, this group is right or this group is right, and try to get everybody in confusion and strife because that's how he does his thing. And this should not be in the church. There should be no division. There should be no strife. If we're all hearing from God, then we should all be hearing the same things, right? The same spirit speaks to all of us. So I want to address this newest division in the body of Christ, which is, no, baby boomers are not right. No, millennials are not right. Those who are hearing from God are right. (laughs) That's who's right. And your opinion doesn't matter. None of it matters. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what worked in the past. What is God saying today? That's what I want to know. And you know, this thing about God being supernatural, being above, the Bible says in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Who would ever think that if you just told someone about Jesus Christ, somebody who died 2,000 years ago, that it would change their life? But it does. Can I get water? Thank you. Yes, that it totally does change their life because we can't explain it. We can't explain the new birth. Jesus said you can't tell where it comes from. You can't tell where it goes. You know, it's like the wind. All you can do is see the effects of it. And that's supernatural. You just can't explain it, but you know it. And so um, I believe in this time. So I'm going back to the beginning of my notes. The new normal. People are saying, what is this going to produce? Well, let me just say this. Look at what the devil could produce through COVID-19. Look what he did through a little bitty virus. Look what he caused by people jumping on to his plans. Think about that for a second. How it impacted the world. Now. Think about what your God can accomplish when we jump onto his plans. He's so much greater than the devil, so much more powerful. Jesus said, I saw him, Satan, fall like lightning from heaven. So consider the degrees of difference between dominion and power, (laughs) between God and the devil. If God can throw him like lightning. I mean, it's not even close. So consider what God can do when we get involved with his plans, church. When we turn from our wicked ways, when we seek his face, when we get on his same plans, when we work with him. Remember pastor's messages on synergy, working with God, what can happen when we become one with God? Jesus said it over and over again about us being one with him. 
That was his whole goal was to make us one with him. He came to show us the Father, but he also came to show us how to be sons. And sons, let me say this about the Father. Just like a natural father, a father will give life, right? You have a baby, a father gives life, right? And then he trains up the child in the way he should go. But at one point, the father expects the son to function just like he functions. And that's where we are, church. We've been. We've been given life. We've been trained up in the way we should go. And now the Father is expecting us to function like he functions. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 6. Your kingdom come, Father. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. Heaven on earth. That's our new normal. That's the new normal that God wants. Because when we're all on the same page, that's the new normal. That's the normal God's working toward. It's amazing what God can do. Think about what he can do. We've been told that this is a set time. It's an appointed time, which means God is on the move. God is ready to intervene. That's what a set time always means. Is God always says, at this set time, I will. I will. God's, God's doing things right now. In fact, think about the time Jesus was born and what the devil, the devil threw a fit. That Jesus was born. You remember that? Remember when he got here to kill all the babies under two years old? So some, if the devil is throwing this big a fit right now, then something's already been birthed into the earth by God. And so that's where our faith is, church, that God is working something enormous, but he needs us. He needs us at the top of our game. He needs us hearing from heaven. He needs us focused on his face and his face alone. Not turning to any wicked way, no idols, no idols, no idols. There is no other, there is nothing for me but God, but God. And he will minister through men and women of God. I'm going to put myself in a position to hear from him as often as I can. And I'm going to get into that quiet place. We all have a quiet place right now. We can get in that quiet place and hear his voice clearly, clearly. I liked what Dr. Savell said a few weeks ago when he was reading from Matthew 26 and it stuck out to him that God said, that Jesus said, my time is at hand. God's time is at hand. An appointed time is God's time. It's a time where he wants to do something. Not just, not just he wants us to do, not just for us, but for him. He wants to do something for us because that's what he wants. (laughs) It's an appointed time for him. So it's our time. It's our time, church. Just like Jesus being born was ultimately for us. This is our time. I'm reminded of that movie Goonies. Remember that movie Goonies? When they said, down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. And that's it, you guys, because as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, now so send I you. And when he said that word, I send you, that word send means equipped, let me, I think I wrote it down. It means equipped and dispatched with full authority. Amen. You are equipped and dispatched with full authority to function as Jesus and the Father function. As long as you're functioning with them as one. So we have to have faith in what God's telling us because he wants church, he wants to take us to the deep end. You remember swimming lessons? You start out in the shallow end. It's not too much of a miracle. You can stand there right? But you're still in water, and it's pretty cool. (laughs) And then you start taking swimming lessons in the area of the pool where you can still touch. And then once when you're fully trained, they throw you in the deep end, and you can't touch. And it's a little bit more of a miracle, right? But you learn 
how to work in that area where you can't touch, where you're not, um, you're not in full control. Now you're depending on the water also. So it's the deep end. And one time when God was talking to me about this, <laughs> this is so simple. This is so simple, church. He said, I'm taking you to the deep end. But to have success in the deep end, you have to depend. Deep end, depend. You have to depend more on God than you ever have before. But that's good news because he's faithful and he's powerful and there's nothing greater than him. So we're just, we are in a place right now in quarantine where we are finding out where our faith level is. We're finding out those, we should be thankful. <laughs> Not thankful for, you know, what's going on, but thankful that we get, um, you know, something like this that shakes us a little. And so we can find out the areas that are weak so we can fortify those areas. If, if there's areas in your life that you've been shaking, whether, it, shaken, whether it's um, medical, physical, or if it's financial, and you've been shaken, then you've just realized some areas in your life where your faith is a little lacking. You know, maybe where you weren't trusting in God, maybe because things were going well and you didn't really have to. Hey, jobs were paying, you know, things were going well. And so you stopped depending as much. And so now we're getting back to a place where we've been shown that we are to depend on God. So again, it goes back to we return to God. We return to him and do what he is telling us to do. We depend on him like we never have before. We get a hold of his word and we believe it. We get off TV and Prime and Netflix and we pick up our Bibles or we pick up some scripture confessions or we turn on Victory Channel and we listen. We read books. If you've never read the, if you've never read The Established Heart by Jerry Savelle, I encourage you to get that book. Because in that book, if you're not, he goes over Psalm 112 about the righteous man who's got an established heart, who doesn't fear when evil tidings come. And he talks in that book how to become that established man. And in that book, he also gives you seven revelations that Paul had. And look at Paul. He was not shaken. Beaten, five, I think, five times. Hit with rods three times. I mean, all these things that he went through and he wasn't moved. It didn't move him from his call. He never stopped preaching. One time they left him for bed, for dead, and the Christians gathered around, and he, he got back up, walked into that city, and preached in that exact same city again. It didn't stop him. Nothing could stop him. That's an established heart. But there's revelations from the word of God that we need to have an established heart. So I just want to encourage you guys tonight. If he's, he wants us to go to the deep end. So it's going to take depending on him. So we've got to turn our hearts toward him. And he promises to forgive our sin and heal our land. And that's good news for the church because he's going to use us to do it. Because how will they know without a preacher? They're going to use us. Jesus said, and I'm going to end with this, but Jesus said in Matthew um, 24, when he's talking about the end times, right in the middle of that, he says, see that you're not troubled. Why? Because nothing changes for a Christian. We still serve the same God. The same God that always provided for us is still providing for us, right? You get to the end of this, Matthew 24, and it talks about all this stuff, famines, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars, all this crazy stuff. And it says, and the gospel will be preached, which means right in the middle of all of that, somebody's preaching the gospel. <laughs> Let that be you and me. I want to 
to see miracles. I want to preach the good news. I want to lay hands on the sick and they recover and make disciples of all nations. And that's what God needs the church to rise up to do. So we've got, we've got some things to do while we're in quarantine, everyone. So let's get that stuff taken care of so we can come out with the new normal that God wants. Amen? Amen. Amen. Joseph? No, go ahead. 